Welcome. Together, we're going to explore our personal finances and figure out how to improve them. Whether you're just getting started in life on your finances, or you may already have a home and a car payment, and you're struggling to get credit cards under control, or you're getting a later start in life on saving for retirement, ReducedDebtIncreasedWealth.com is a podcast to educate those to improve personal finances whether it's eliminating debt or making smart investments. So let's now get started. Mr. Chuck here. In this week's episode, I'm going to talk about 401k plans and whether you should use a financial planner or financial advisor. Start out with a 401k plan. The reason I'm going to talk about that is I was on Reddit social app a week or so ago and I noticed uh, somebody asked a question, what is a 401k? My employer is offering it to me. They didn't know what it was all about. I had no clue they contributed, you know, the employer contributed. They had no nothing about it. I think everybody needs to have a basic understanding of what a 401k plan is, and you'd only have it if your employer offers it to you. Some employers offer it, right, when you start working for them, and other employers don't offer it until after you've been there six months, year, maybe two years, depending on the employer. So what is a 401k plan? I've got this from instapedia.com, and I have a link in my show notes. A 401k plan is a tax advantage defined contribution retirement account offered by many employers to their employees. It's named after a section of the U.S. Internal Revenue Code. Workers can make contributions to their 401k accounts through automatic payroll withholdings and their employers can match some or all of the contributions. The investment earnings in a traditional 401k plan are not taxed until the employee withdraws the money, typically after retirement. Okay, so that's the important thing is it's a retirement plan offered by your employer. Most all of them have a match. I think the most common is a 3% match. And what that means is you, the employee, it will contribute up to you know, 3% of your gross income to this plan and then your employers makes the match uh, matching contribution and typically they're required to make the uh, transfer of the money to your account in this retirement plan once a month now, I'm not going to go in details of that there is a traditional plan and there is a Roth 401k plan it's important to note if you're young, just getting started, that you you just want to put money in your traditional plan. And the main reason is you want to defer the uh, taxes until later in life and you need to build up a retirement account. And the second reason, the most important is if it's a Roth 401k, your employer is not allowed to make any matching contributions. If you want to get the matching contributions, which everybody should, you need to go to a traditional 401k plan. 
Employer Matching Employers who match their employees' contribution use different formulas to calculate that match. A common example might be $0.50 cents or $1 for every dollar the employee con- contributes up to a certain percentage of salary. Financial advisors of- often recommend that employees try to contribute at least enough money to their 401k plans each to get the full employer's match. You cannot withdraw now if you it's like any other retirement plan, you can't make early withdrawals subject to penalty, 10% penalty plus ordinary income tax. So it could be quite hard. Also, don't put money in a 401k until you have your emergency fund set up or don't over contribute to a 401k. If you don't have an emergency fund already set up, maybe do 3%, have your employers do a match, and then any extra money, if there's such a thing, you would build up an emergency fund. Once you get, say, three to six months worth of money built up into a savings account for your emergency fund, then you can go back and look at increasing your contributions to your 401k. That's an important thing to note. A 401k is generally made up stocks and bonds, mutual funds, or insurance items, I guess would be a good way to say it. The employee gets to pick where you're making your, what you're investing in. Employees are responsible for choosing the specific investments within their 401k accounts from the selection their employers offer. These offerings typically include assortments of stocks and bonds, mutual funds, as well as targeted date funds that hold a mixture of stocks and bonds appropriate in terms for the risk for when that person expects to retire. They may also include guaranteed investment contracts issued by insurance companies and sometimes the employer's own stock. It's important to know you need to diversify what you're invested in and don't put it all into your employer's own stock. Maybe 10% in your employer's stock, 10% in uh, a range of mutual funds. And that's why I'm going to be talking later in this episode about uh, financial advisors because most financial advisors will help you with your 401k. The employer, based on whoever is handling this 401k plan, gives you a list of things that you can invest in. Most of them are going to be with a brokerage account, such as Fidelity, Charles Schwab, Merrill Lynch. You're going to be limited to what you can purchase in this plan based on what your employer account is set, who it's set up with, what they are offering you to invest in not everything you need to look at it you need to diversify uh, your investments but when you get started out and you got very little money you select one or two investments and put it in and then over time you're going to spread it out the younger you are the more high risk you can be the older you are the more conservative investments you should take and we're going to talk about that later the, you have required minimum distributions once you retire. 
At age 72, you must withdraw at least a specific percentage of your 401k plan based on IRS tables, uh, based on your life expectancy at the time you turn 70 and a half years old. So not only you cannot take it out until you're 59 and a half, you have to start making withdrawals by the time you're 72 years old. Now this is subject to change because they're always changing the rules on all these things. So if you want to read the full article, you want to go to www.investopedia.com slash term slash one slash 401k plans. And I have the link to this article in my uh, in my show notes. I personally never worked for an employer that had a 401k plan. I worked for a government agency and government agencies have something similar, but they're referred to as a deferred compensation plan. They work about the same way. You're deferring your income to a later date. And by defer, I mean deferring it from income tax. You're going to pay income tax on these on this income sooner or later. The longer you can put it off, the better off you can be. Now, there's going to be some people out there that says, well, right now we're at a very low income tax rate, so you should be paying income taxes on your income now before the rate goes up. I disagree with that. I think you should defer it once you get a sizable amount built up into your retirement account, whether it's a 401k or it's a traditional IRA. Once you got say two million, three million, it's gonna depend on what you earn and your lifestyle and how you want to live and your golden years. Once you get to a certain dollar amount that's determined by you and your financial planner, then you should consider uh, changing over to a Roth uh, 401k plan. And the major difference is the money is still taxed with the money you put into the Roth plan is still taxed, but it grows tax-free. And when you draw it out, it's 100% tax-free. That's a good thing to do once you have a sizable amount put in a traditional plan. Now a quick word from my sponsor, Isotonic. Isotonic is a vitamin. It's a way you take a vitamin. It's how your body is built to take vitamins with Isotonic rapidly absorbed by the body, highly concentrated of vitamins and minerals and maximum results. I've been taking isotonic vitamins for the last six years and I rarely get sick. I highly recommend taking isotonic vitamins. With standard tablets, you have minimal absorption and diluted nutrients. I take the Daily Essential Kit, which is all the daily essential vitamins that you need for your body on a daily basis. Go to my website, ReduceDebtIncreaseWealth.com. Upper right-hand corner, click on the heart. Go to the website. Let us show you the future of vitamins. Now I'm going to start talking about financial advisors. What are they? When you should have them? And what do they do for you? 
So I got an article here that's in my show notes uh, from creditkarma.com. What is a financial advisor? Written by Ashley Corpenning. And I'm just going to jump down here to what is a financial planner versus a advisor. Financial planners can vary. Some tend to focus on giving their clients a more comprehensive perspective and help with their finances. Some financial planners will create a personalized financial plan to help a client with everything from budgeting to estate planning to figuring out what to invest in. But service may vary widely from one financial planner to another. Some may only be able to offer limited number of products and services. Some financial planners have certified financial planner certification, which require extensive coursework through a broad, registered program, a bachelor degree, or higher from an accredited college university and passing a CFP certificate certification exam. If you consider hiring a CFP, you can check their certified financial planner board standard to verify their statuses. In a nutshell, financial planners do a little bit of everything, but they are limited. Some of them may be limited to what products or services they can do based on their expertise. A financial planner who's working for an insurance company most likely is only going to offer you insurance products. A financial planner working for a stock broker may offer to sell you stocks and bonds. You got to beware because sometimes their fees are based on commissions on what they sell. That may not be a good fit. I don't like that because. They're not looking out for your best interest. Financial planners that are investment advisors, generally their fees are based on a percent of your portfolio. A portfolio is what your investments are made up of. A percentage, the more you have, the smaller the percentage. The better you do, the more your investments grow, the more you build it, the more their fees are going to be. But remember, they help you get there. So investment advisors, this is from the article, this more specialized type of financial professional provides investment advice to others on the value of securities and on investing in or selling securities. Investment advisors can be individual people or firms. Their focus is on analyzing the value of stocks, bonds, exchange-traded funds, and more. Investment advisors often recommend that what and when their clients should buy, sell, or hold depending on market condition and the client's goals. Some individual investment advisors may have a CFP or Charter Financial Analyst or CFA destination. But keep in mind that an investment advisor may be a better option to help you with investing rather than financial planning. They're only going to be focused on your investments. They're not going to help you with budgeting. A financial advisor or planners may help you with your debt. They may help you set up a, buy, uh, a budget. I don't know any of those personally. I never sought one out for that type of advice. 
a lot of times a debt counselor is who you're going to be seeking out to help you reduce your debt or get your debt under control, which we covered in an earlier episode. When using an investment advisor, their fees should be based on the percentage of your portfolio. They should be a fiduciary, meaning that they work in your best interest. That is very important because not all investment advisors will work to your best interest. So if you go to your local bank to seek out an investment advisor, they're going to sell you things that the bank wants them to sell you. If you go to an insurance company to seek out an investment advisor, they're going to sell you things that the insurance company wants them to sell you. And typically, they're going to push the products that get them the best and the highest commission. And a fiduciary investment advisor will know your history. They will know your risk tolerances. They will ask you a bunch of questions. You'll fill out a questionnaire when you first time you meet them. They'll know what your long-term goals and plans are. They will set up a plan for you and help you make the investments. They do all the investments for you. You make, you'll contribute money to an account uh, like a, a Charles Schwab account. And then the advisor will make the purchases of the different things that you should be buying in. They'll make sure that you have a diversified plan and you're not stuck too much into one area. If you've got a 401k and your, your employer wants you to buy their stock, an investment advisor will tell you if that's a good risk or not, if how much you should buy, and you definitely get, definitely don't need to put 100% of it your 401k into your current employer because that's what happened with Enron. And when Enron went, bunk, went broke, everybody had all their investments there went broke along with it. So they had no retirement. So you need to diversify across the board at your risk level tolerances. The younger you are, the more aggressive. The older you are, the closer to retirement the least aggressive, and they do all that for you. They keep your uh, plan, your investments balanced. If you put X amount, say you put $1,000 in five different things. Well, the value of these five different things are going to go up and down at different rates. So they will sell off the ones that go way up too much and rebalance it so you are equally invested across the board so you're, you can keep your diversify intact. Investment advisors are very important. Once you have enough money to get their services and different ones start out at different amounts, you meaning you have to have $10,000 invested already before they even talk to you. Some of them might be 500000 Some of them might be 100000 It all varies on the different advisors. So they'll tell you that right up front because that'd be their first question. How much do you already have in the market, stock market? Do you have a 401k? 
Now, once you get a good advisor, they will look at your 401k, see what's offered within your plan, what your employer is offering, what you can invest in, and they'll steer you, they'll advise you uh, which ones you should invest in and which ones you shouldn't, and they'll help you keep that portfolio in your 401k plan balanced the way they do your investments that's outside your retirement plan. So it's important to have one, especially if you have more than 15000 I'm just using that as a go-by because your first 15000 probably should be set up as an emergency fund, liquid, so you can get to it easily. So a high-yield savings account is what I always recommend. Nowadays, a high-yield savings account is not that much. It's like one and a third percent. It goes up and down. So it's a lot better than this year average bank savings account that's like a quarter of 1%. Most financial advisors or financial planners only deal with the investment side of investing. Investing, They don't have anything to do or don't work with clients. They're having debt issues, debt-related issues. And I think the primary reason is for that, they're afraid they're not going to get their fees. That's why you need to seek out a debt counseling service, and there's nonprofits and there's for-profit, to help you if you're trying to get out of debt. And we covered that early on in an earlier episode, and I even had an episode talking about do-it-yourself debt reduction plan, which is what this podcast is all about. But along with reducing your debt, I need to address issues, what to do. Once your debt's getting paid down, you have more money, you put it in your emergency fund, you get to a point where when do you have too much money in an emergency fund? It's rare but possible if you have more than six months savings in your emergency account, nine months if you're self-employed, and you have enough socked away for your short-term financial goals, then you need to start thinking about investment. That's why I talked about investment advisors on this episode, because when you have that much money, you need help. Unless you want to do all the research on what stocks to buy, what mutual funds to buy, there's thousands and thousands of investments out there. Some are good, some are great, some are terrible. You need to know what you're doing because you want to keep your money and not lose your money. We're going to have more on this in future episodes. That's the end of another episode. I hope you found it useful. And if you'd like to share this episode with your friends, please do so. I'm open for any suggestions for improvement or for information that you would like to talk about in future episodes. You can go to my Facebook page and leave me a message. I'm more than glad to comply. To find my Facebook page, go to ReducedDebtIncreasedWealth.com and click on the Facebook icon to go to my Facebook website.